Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. Not just a new edition today, it's a new format. Uh, I'm joined by Matt Candela. Matt, do you want to explain what's going on right now? Yeah, um, we just love podcasting to everyone so much and the season is just revving up. And I think um, we just wanted to find a way to do some some sort of 20-minute shorts where we just pick uh some relevant topics it feels like every day until the end of the season there are these big moments that deserve a little bit more commentary so we thought we would give it a go in this new format right we did so the this is called the hottest of takes the short one so we we don't do a whole section uh dedicated to the hottest of takes we do a whole podcast so matt today uh we are here to talk about the m word it's uh mr mudrick mr mudrick um Four days ago, it seemed like Chelsea had dropped out. The player only wanted Arsenal. And uh, we were on our way to coverage in the wing position. We had a player that looked like he had lightning speed, knew how to play in a complex system because he played under under De Zerbi. Um, and then all of a sudden, the rug was swept. The Chelsea execs were in Turkey. A $100 million offer was on the table. An eight-and-a-half-year deal. Um, and double your money um, was given to Mudrick. And then he's a Chelsea player. So, Matt, firstly, I just want to say, how weird is it for a player to twerk for Arsenal? Twerk. It wasn't even twerking. It was something worse. It was like stripping for Arsenal for a whole entire month to then head fake and just say, I'm going to go to Chelsea. And to this moment, and we're at 8 o'clock on Central Time, he still hasn't posted anything about his move. Matt, how bizarre is this whole Mudrick affair? What the fuck is going on? It's, it's been really, really bizarre. Um, and 
I don't know about you, but I, I became really emotionally attached to the idea of this transfer happening to the point where, um, you know, I always remember where I was at certain moments of big Arsenal transfers. I remember the first time I heard about Sol Campbell or read on the back page of The Sun uh, of Dennis Bergkamp arriving. Um, so it's weird that this Mudrick transfer, I really remember when I just heard that this transfer wasn't happening and was just totally stunned because I've just been completely of the mindset that we're negotiating, it's going to happen. I was already thinking we're going to be back for the game next week against Manchester United. Mudrick's going to be coming on as a sub. And I haven't seen a hijack like this in a in a very, very long time. And the whole thing was so perplexing because, just because it just, you know, it was getting, it was, it was, it was, the way it was playing out was so bizarre. These Instagrams of uh, messages, these uh, sort of proclamations of love for Mikel Arteta, uh, the interview with Zinchenko's wife, the whole thing. And then to suddenly... It lacked a bit of class, right? It lacked a bit of class. I mean, yeah. now now it's all done. It was a little bit... I mean, Alfred, who used to do the podcast with us, he messaged me, he said during it, he was like, this is this doesn't really seem like the sort of player Arteta likes. This isn't very uh, his style. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the more that you dig in and, and you know, I think most of our fascination with Mudrick happened, you know, about a month ago. And then we be quickly became convinced that he was, you know, the love child of Messi, Ronaldo and Pele and could be the answer to all our dreams from a few YouTube highlights videos. But the more you dig into it, the more you realise it's not the first time that he's done this. Um, last year, Bayer Leverkusen um, tried to sign him. Um, he was talking to the press saying how desperate he was to become a Leverkusen player. And I think what becomes, Just out. What becomes clear, and, and you can't blame him with everything that's going on, is he was his main um, ambition, his main objective was to get out of Shakhtar rather than get into Arsenal. Yeah, and I, I, think, the, I think we should preface this conversation as well. Arsenal have uh, like a analytics department, um, you know, scouts that look at data we just don't have access to. They're not looking at XG and goals and assists. They're looking at decision-making. They're looking at metrics for how selfish a player is. They're looking at how they scan. Like they're going really, really, really deep on a player and they're drawing up numbers all across Europe. And obviously, Mudrick in our system is 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 top of the list for everything. So there's a lot of potential there. We can't pretend that Chelsea have signed a bum here. And we can't pretend that it's not a strategic signing for Chelsea because we know Graham Potter plays exactly the same style as Arsenal. We can argue over whether Chelsea actually need that player in the system. But the guy's top talent. You, you can't doubt that. Whether that will translate into the Premier League is a different question. But I, I, do, I did want to ask you, Matt, when you saw that the the fee was creeping up to 80, 90, 95 million pounds, even when it was add-ons included, did you start to think that maybe we were getting into a bit of a, a sort of fear of missing out moment? I mean, he's had 29 appearances for Shakhtar Donetsk. It seems a little bit steep. Seems like a, a really, really, really big gamble here. Like, what was your take on the fee? Because... 
now the dust has settled for me. I'm looking at Moussa Diaby for 60 million. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy's played 180 times and he's only 23 years old. He's got 80 goals and assists and he's played in the Champions League and for PSG and Bayer Leverkusen. Mudrick's played in a, a far inferior league and we were, we were about to ship 80 million on him. I'm sort of caught in two minds on it, to be honest. Um, I think instinctively, especially as an Arsenal fan, um, it felt like a lot of money. felt like too much money. Um, we're going to break our transfer record on on this guy. Um, when if you really wanted to break it down, it feels, you know, you, you would think the fee would be somewhere around the Fabio Vieira type amount of money. You know, excelled at a young age, highly promising, B-League, um, proving it on a, on, a, on a significant stage, i.e. under-18 championship. I think Madrid's obviously done it in the Champions League, but only like six games or something. You know, it, it, it hasn't been anything more than that. So you would you would instinctively say this should be a 35 to 50 million signing. So when it get kept on going up and up and up, you were sort of getting concerned. There were two things that stopped me being overly concerned about it. One was... Arteta talent ID and I think I was thinking he's got everything right so we need to back him and if he thinks that this guy can do it then you know there's the there's the soft stuff it's the deserby comments um who may well have been trying to get his uh former player a, a good move but saying this guy's a ballon d'or winner you know those sort of headlines make you um think a little bit differently but I think the most important point is I think the market has already shifted um, in the sense of, I think it's interesting to hear um, people at Shakhtar saying, well, Anthony went for 100 million. So that's the going rate. And the problem is now that skewed the whole market. That's already happened. That Anthony deal skewed it. This Mudrick deal is confirmation that that's what potential costs. And, the danger now is whether we like it or not, that's what you get for potential. And my biggest fear is that players like, say, a Declan Rice, who were previously in the probably, I was considering 100 million tops for Declan Rice. A deal like this now makes Declan Rice a 140 million player. It does. But, but it's kind of odd because it's like everyone's lost their mind in the potential market. We've seen Darwin Nunes who is a, a massive working project. I mean, there's a lot of talent there. He gets a lot of great chances. You don't get, you know, the most big chances in the Premier League if you're not a top talent. But he went for 100 million. You've got Anthony, who just looks pretty average to me. Decent player, nothing nothing more. Looks in that sort of Jaden Sancho world, 90 million. And then you've got Mudrick going for 110 million, all in. And then you look to Arsenal's summer and you say, okay, what did we get? you got Zinchenko, under 26. 35 million and you've got Gabby Jesus for 45 million four times Premier League winners mountains of experience they can do it in the Premier League and we're getting both of those for 70 million like it just feels like there's a certain market of talent and it's like the I don't want to miss out on the next Mbappe market mm. but it's not it can't be sustainable and I wanted to kind of draw like do, do you think there are any business parallels you know towards the end of a bull market when there's a truck company called um what was it called what was the truck company Rivian or no not Rivian it was the uh uh, Nikola yeah and Nikola 
Nikola was worth whatever, 10 billion or something, or 20 billion. It, I think it went up to 70 billion at one point. Shares were 70, $70. And it, because everybody didn't want to miss out on the next big thing that looked like Tesla. And then when it came out, the, the story was, and the CEO went to prison, the story was that they, they were pushing their trucks down the hill to shoot their videos. It was just a massive fraud. And I wonder whether this is kind of the death rattle of uh, a massively hot market and it can't possibly be sustained. Like we, we cannot be in a situation where 29 games gets you to a valuation of 110 million and an eight and a half year deal. It's insanity. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of, I think that's a great point. I think there's a lot of parallels with crypto uh, because there's no doubt that uh, crypto and is the future of digital, is the, that digital payments are the, uh, are the future. And so, and, and in the same way in the football world, it's no doubt that, young talented players are the future um but it doesn't mean that um everything is right and it doesn't mean that you can't miss out on the fundamentals and i think um people are looking at it and yes there's there's your bitcoins and your ethereums but that doesn't mean that you can start going and buying anything your shiba inus and your doggy coins and all that crap that people were were buying um without um you know really really putting a lot of money at risk and i think it's it was a very hot market i think i think we hopefully we've seen the top of it but who knows with chelsea and manchester united uh going on where, does, right. where does the chelsea money pit stop where does it come from it's, well, it's think, a hedge fund it's not a it's not oil wealth well there's two things isn't there really if you really want to analyze it there's one i don't know how they got away with it but they had all their debt wiped off so they, they've got no debt um essentially so roman abramovich basically wiped up all the debt so while we're repaying continuing to repay a stadium that we built in 2005 or whatever chelsea don't have to make any repayments like that and the second thing was this commitment to spend i think it was a billion a billion over the next 10 years on players um which was part of the deal or and so you know (laughs) they're trying to do it all in a year or whatever um I think it's absolutely, I think it's very weird. I'm, I'm excited actually to talk in a bit more, de- in a bit more in, uh, detail to uh, some Chelsea friends and find out what they really think. The, the sense I've got from being on some message groups with some Chelsea fans is um, it's certainly not the uh, bullish we're back narrative that we've seen in previous years when they spent big. It feels a bit more reticent and a bit more uh, concerned about the general direction of the club. I would argue that this squad depth chart that you've pulled up is not that accurate because there's some players who I would not consider for even get anywhere close to a, a first a first team uh, start. Well, if you're listening on the podcast, I've just thrown up a chart that shows Chelsea with 32 players vying for 11 positions on the pitch um either way that squad is too fat with exceedingly wealthy players to not end up in a toxic mess i mean like who who are you saying doesn't fit moving forward and who is easy to exit when you look at that look the the the, the most interesting place for me is uh left wing and right wing because left wing is Raheem Sterling, Mudrik, and Pulisic. And I just think it's insane that they bought Sterling five months ago, 
four months ago. And let's not pretend that they put him on a on a on a lower contract than two hundred and fifty grand a week. What's that? Three fifty a week? Yeah, and that's, he's not so going that, anywhere. So he's not going anywhere. That's in, and so to to uh, buy his replacement, he's out for like three weeks. Is absolutely he's a good player. I mean, he, he is a good player. He he's never looked comfortable at Chelsea since he arrived. Um, I actually was just looking at um, when his uh, uh, how old he was because I was thinking, talk about a dream backup at Arsenal. Is he's worked with Mikel Arteta? He understands the system. Um, he's got some winnativity, and Chelsea must be looking to unload him because there's well, no the way. Football could... Insider, which is I think is Wayne Vasey, uh, he gets some good information. He said he's up for sale. I don't like. Can Chelsea sell him in January? I thought that. I, I, I thought that. They... I don't think they'll be able to. But I'm, but no it's just like. Him up. But but it's the wage thing. Who's like? And he'll only be one year into a what a four year contract. He's not. It's just. It's, but just... why would Graham Potter want to use Sterling? I mean, he's trying to implement this JDP system like Arsenal. Sterling has spent five, six, seven years under Pep Guardiola playing some of the best football in the you know the, the world has ever seen. I don't under, and I, I tell you what. One thing you can guarantee. Did you hear Graham Potter today? He said um, he was basically saying, "Please don't sign any more players. It's difficult to manage. Uh, it's difficult to manage a dressing room." <laughs> Is, have you ever heard a manager in your life tell the board to stop signing quality players? I mean, it's unbelievable. I think I don't I, believe I mean, that he was like, we need Mudrick. I just don't believe and then, it. And then the other piece of it is the other, I mean, I would take Pulisic. I think he's desperate for to play in a system where he knows what he's doing, uh, to be coached a bit. And I think I think he's a he's a really a really interesting, strong player. And then you've still got still very young as well. Still really 22? young. Is he 22, still, I think. He can, he can, he can. He's a player, in my opinion, who can come good. Um, and it'd be interesting to see what Todd Bowley's approach to selling players is, because is he going to go all? Uh, you know, he, he's very alpha male when it comes to buying, but is he going to be prepared to cut some deals to get some of these people, or is he going to go Daniel Levy esque and look to be the hard man when it comes to getting players? I don't think he can. I don't think he can afford to be. Well, Matt, um, come on. Like, I mean, we've been in a situation at Arsenal. We're, Chelsea are now distressed sellers, and everybody knows it. Chelsea have always been incredible at selling players because they don't need to sell them. And they've just had a really, really um, under-the-radar great structure. They're good at you know bringing in players and selling them for high prices, ridiculously high prices. They were the benchmark. But now, who like who? Y- y- we could go to Chelsea and say, we'll have Sterling for a million, for a million pounds. Why not? Uh, you've got Havertz is a 200 grand a week player. Ziek is a 150, 200 grand a week player. Obama Yang, 350 grand a week player. I mean, like there is so there is a, an outrageously high, high wage bill out here. And I just don't see who's picking up these players. I mean, who, who's easy to shift in this list? Maybe As- Aspi Laqueta, because um, he probably well, didn't think, sign a long term. I, I, I think, I think up front, I think Brozier. Uh, Will I mean they're going to sign? They've got uh, Nkunku coming in, haven't they? So and they've just signed for Fana. Obama Yang Nkunku. I thought Nkunku played out wide. I think. He... I mean, I know he can't. I know he's a, he's a big goal scorer. I thought he was more of a wide player. <laughs> they but, definitely. Uh, who who the hell knows? But I mean, they're, they're trying to they're trying to sign um, uh, Tiram. 
I mean, it's it's just it's just a mad mad situation. That got and Kunku plays as a as a second striker, which is where uh, which is where Felix plays. Yeah, but, um, I mean, it's it's pretty hilarious. It, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, the and, only and, the only danger is they've just got they've stopped piling really really strong players, and some someone is going to. I think I don't think I don't I don't think it's going to be Graham Potter, um, but I think someone will will work it out. This dressing room is going to eat him. When you've yeah he's he he's not the guy for this this is this is a player run dressing room I I would imagine with the kind of people and the kind of approach that's bring that's bringing people in but I think the the other piece of it is that you've then got which I think was a big and important part of the negotiation with Mudrik is you've given him two hundred grand a week apparently allegedly it's certainly a big deal because it's so and it's also so long it's eight and a half year deal. But Mason Mount has got trans, uh, contract negotiations. Clearly, he's a Chelsea boy. Clearly, he wants to stay. But there's no way he's staying for less than 250, 300. That's just the going rate now, right? For, for a Champions League winner, Chelsea born and bred, Sterling's on 250 or whatever. Why would Mount not accept anything less than 275, 300? He's you know who's not on this list? Amari Hutchinson. What, what an absolutely diabolical move by that lad. <laughs> I mean, he, he is not—he's not going anywhere. I mean, he's—he's—he's—he's he's, he's not getting in the team. Matt Law, Chelsea's uh, top journalist, is saying the alarm bells are being rung in the academy because obviously paths have been promised, and they've got one of the best academies in the world. Yeah, I mean, what are those kids thinking right now? It's—it's it's absolutely bizarre. What is what is going on? It's a completely new strategy. Um, I mean, is it a strategy? Uh, what to copy Arsenal? Uh, I mean, he's looking at it, and he's obviously gone and said, "I want Arsenal. I want I want that Arsenal IP. I want the young manager. I want to build for the future." Um, but then there's been some, just some crazy signings. But yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing that I fear for is that um, I just we, we, any any player who I think we're interested in, I think Chelsea will try and hijack at the moment. That's honestly how it feels because I think we our talent IP right now is the best it's ever been. Chelsea have typically been very, very astute in the market, but they've completely lost their way, haven't they? They have, and I absolutely love it because I think sometimes there's the danger that you look at something and you go, this is absolutely mental, but maybe it can work. That's sort of where I'm at. You know when you got your fr- that one of those friends and you're like, this is a this is a shit idea that they've got a stupid business, but maybe it's just crazy enough to work. And it never does. It never does. To win in the Premier League, you've got to have a clear strategy. You've got dis- you've got to have discipline, and you've got to work hard. This is not Chelsea trying to work hard. This but, is the this is the most lavish shortcut of all time. But obviously, the, all the rumors today, Declan Rice. Let's talk about Declan Rice because guess who brought up Declan Rice? First, Le Grove, right? Le Grove had that. We had that after the West Ham game. Said that Arsenal were massive fans of him, and after watching that interview, and and just knowing that Arsenal have liked him for a long time. First time I heard the Declan Rice story was when Arteta first joined, and I was told that they were talking about him in the dressing room, and I was like, "Well, that's just that's that's a nonsense pipe dream because we don't have the money for it." Well, guess what? Now we do have the money, and Arsenal are going to go big for him. They've been back channeling. Uh, with him and every single news outlet today said that we're going to go big for him in the summer. This will be our blowout signing, but you, you're a little bit nervous about it. 
Matt, why are you nervous about Declan Rice becoming the heir apparent to Thomas Partey? Look, I think it's a great idea. Um, and I think we desperately need him. And I think he's got everything that you'd want. He's got the personality. He's got the English connection. He's got the technique. He's got like the... Tarteta. Like Tarteta. Like Tarteta. Had Joloff Rice with Eddie Nketiah's mum. Exactly. All of it just, just makes an enormous amount of sense, except for one thing. What? He is a massive Chelsea fan. Always has been. Went through the academy. What's Champions League, mate? He's he's just listened to the podcast. He's but, horrified but, by what but, you've just said about. But them. what? But what would you? If someone said you were desperate for Champions League, and someone and Todd Bowley goes, "Listen, we can't get Champions League for another year, but here's three million pounds. Put it in your pocket." Which is, I mean, this, these are the sorts of numbers that they're doing. I don't believe that Chelsea will not go in hard for him because look at their midfield, uh, Kovacic. They signed Cassiedo. It's they've got nothing in there and they're desperate for this player and they see it bring him home. They've been talking about it for years and I just think that they will try. They won't, they won't let us get it. They won't. And money a few things, talk. a few things here. Arsenal would not have leaked that story today if they weren't pretty confident that the back channel is working. Declan Rice has said that he wants to play Champions League football. Um, he will know exactly what it's like behind the scenes because he's friends with the Arsenal players. Everybody in football knows that Chelsea is a total mess. And there are some players out there that would rather forfeit a few million quid to be part of an awesome project. And he's played against Chelsea and he's played against Arsenal. And I think that he knows. And I think that there is a there is a clearer path to Arsenal's first team and there's more stability. And I think when you're 24, you've really got to make a good decision with the next move. He's going to get better coaching under Arteta. And there's a, you can see you can see the path into the first team. Thomas Partey's not going to last forever. He gets injured quite a lot. And I, I think the Arsenal are going to be working that behind the scenes. And Chelsea, the, the money has to run out at some point. If they sign Cassiedo this window, there's no chance that they're going to get... Uh, Declan Rice. Well, we said that about Felix, didn't we? Ah, here we go with Mudrick because they can't get Felix and Mudrick, and then suddenly they got both of them. But but that must that must come at a cost, right? That must, there has there has to be an end to this money pit at some point, right? Especially if they don't make Champions League next year, that makes FFP even harder for them. Yeah. Um. But I, I get. I guess we'll see. But I'm 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 happy that we're in do the you, conversation. Do you, him, do you see it as a six or an eight? Oh, six all the way. He's coming into be a, a backup to Thomas Partey. I think that there's um I think that Arsenal fans, certain Arsenal fans really lack vision when it comes to Declan Rice. They're like, oh, he's not a progressive passer in the same way that Thomas Partey is. Do you remember what Thomas Partey was when he was at Atletico Madrid? Do you remember the stats bloggers that was saying there was one stats blogger, I think the guy that runs Stats Bomb, he said that he wouldn't even take Thomas Partey on a free. The worst take in the history of takes, especially when you've got the data at your disposal. I think Declan Rice is an unbelievable player. He's an outrageously good athlete. I think he's perfectly suited to our midfield. And if you add him, you add Tielemans, you add Ndikia, um, the, the, the centre-back, Arsenal probably going to go after a right-back as well, which is um, which feels like an odd move, but I guess you've got to get reliability in there. Um and then we get Declan Rice. I think we're absolutely cooking next season. We could compete for the Champions League in year one. And you I think that's what Arteta wants. You think Tierney will stay? What about exits? Because we've, we've, got we've got to recoup some money as well. Yeah, I think if they were going to... I think the exit, I think Kieran Tierney is out the door. I think Samuel Conga will go. 
Um, and I, I, I'm wondering about Tommy Asu. I'm wondering about Tommy Asu. If we're chasing down a right back, I don't think it's because Ben White is moving back into centre-back position. I like Tommy Asu, but he's he's really unreliable. And so is Kieran Tierney. And I wonder whether, you know, when you're trying to build a team that can win the Champions League, you can't afford players that only do 20 games a season. How many times has Tommy Asu been injured this season? Three times already? Kieran Tierney, three times already? So um, so we'll see how that goes. But I think we've got a really good plan. It's very exciting how we're moving. And um, I, I, I did want to... I know that we're on Declan Rice, and I, I just wanted to get your take because you said it on uh, Twitter earlier, but there are some interesting options. David Ornstein says that we're not currently in talks for a winger. I think that we're going to go for a winger. Uh, Moussa Diabe is on the agenda, 60 million, top, top player. There's talk that Rafinha, um, um, Ferran Torres might also be in the mixer. Memphis Depay has uh, six months left to go on his deal. And uh, there's Wilf Zaha, um, who I like, um, and there's Trossard. Um, out of all the wingers that are being banded around, um, which name attracts you the most? Yeah, I mean, without turning into someone who sounds like Mikel Arteta, I, I don't like these January windows. Um, and... I'm actually, I've heard a lot of people, I've had some disagreements with people on, in group chats and stuff where everyone's like, we just have to get reinforcements. We've got to get Zaha in or this or that. And I've actually turned into you a little bit because it's like, we're ahead of schedule. We're ahead. We don't, I know we're all, we all want to win the league this year, but what's more important is that we keep this project running in the right direction for the next five years. And so we won't, don't want to destabilize it with the wrong type of signing now. So I think what we're looking for is someone... And that's why I think Midrick was so perfect because he was a blend, not at the price though, he was a blend of... He could have some short-term impact as a super sub, yeah, but he didn't expect to be a first-team uh, choice and he was built for the long term. So the idea of doing Zaha is doesn't make any sense to me. We've got like a culture, we've got a vibe going, they're all mates, they're all young, they're all at the same stage of their career. He... He he may be hungry, but I don't I don't see that. I think we need to we've got a certain type of DNA. So I'm looking for under twenty four, hungry, um, coming from a smaller club, um, and and ready to make a difference. I, I'd love a more like a Michael Elise, uh, it's like a, like so someone prim ready, young, hungry, um, like someone like that would be would be perfect in many ways. Ferran Torres is exciting because Mikel Arteta knows him. Um, and, and I think when he knows the players and he's seen them at close hands and he still likes them and wants to get after them, he seems to be a player that Mikel Arteta has been interested in for a very long time. Um, that would excite me. Moussa um, Diaby, I think the problem with what's happened in, in the last couple of weeks is he's become a 100 million player. Um, based yeah, on Manuel Veth, the German journalist that's very close to Bayer Leverkusen, said <laughs> the guess who set the set the the, the new transfer target, Udrich. <laughs> they don't blame him because Musa yeah. Diaby is a more complete player. Exactly. So um, I don't want to tempt fate, um, but you know we're, we're inching our way through this season, um, and we're, we're, we've been fortunate with injuries. Touch wood. Um, we've got Gabriel Jesus to come back. He was kicking a ball on Instagram. Um, he's out of any sort of cast or brace. 
So I'm hoping he's going to be back in a month. Eddie has stepped up admirably. So Gabriel Jesus could do a rollout on on a, on, a, on a wing for a, for a game or two if we need him to with Eddie up top. We've got Emil Smith Rowe, who's raring to go. So I'm sort of like, and I know this sounds bizarre because everyone's saying the opposite. I'm sort of like, we may just have to keep our powder dry and just um, forfeit it and hope you we can get away like with it. Peak Ivan Gazidis over there. You sound like peak Ivan Gazidis. But listen, I think you said it yesterday. What? Did, like, tell the story you said about discipline and pain. I can't even. What what was that around? Principles? You said that sometimes having principles yeah. and having discipline hurts, and I like that. Yeah, no, we were talking about it, and um, and it sort of reminds me a bit of the uh, of brands and businesses that take a stand. Um, and when brands take a stand, sometimes they risk short term pain. And I think you saw it with Nike and Colin Kaepernick, and there are some people saying they're going to burn their sneakers and this sort of stuff. But in the end, they were much the stronger with it because they showed that they were a brand that had true purpose. And then you have brands that pretend to have purpose. Um, uh, an example being Equinox in the in the US, who pretended to have purpose but didn't let people sign up for one day. And you can the, smell the, it. the biggest hangover day of the year when no one's <laughs> signing up for a gym. Exactly, and so and that's the thing about principles. Principle Arsene Wenger was was was. was incredibly principled but the problem is you don't have principles if you're always bending and what we've seen is that when we have bended our principles when we have tried to go and play a different game to the one that we're used to uh, like we did with Ozil's contract like we did with Obama Yang's re-sign like we did with Nicolas Pepe well all of those were very un-Arsenal decisions this is a club that didn't give Dennis Bergkamp anything more than a one-year contract after his 30th birthday you don't think Dennis Bergkamp deserved it. And yet here were we just like smashing out $350,000 contracts because we were scared and we were on the back foot. Um, and I think when you're on this, when you're scared and you're, and you're on the back foot in all these negotiations, typically you make the wrong decision. And I think that's where it felt. Uh, it felt like we were on the, we were put on the back foot with Midrick. And I think we did exactly the right thing, which was to take ourselves at the, comp- at the conversation, regroup, and do things the Arsenal way. And I think the biggest thing for me is, who's our best player this season, arguably? Martin Erdegaard. We got him for 35 million. Um, and so it's not about, as Arsene Wenger used to say, it's not about how much you spend. It's about the quality of the player, where you can find them. Um, and I think, let's let those teams go and spend their 100 millions on Antonis and Mudricks, and let's go and unearth their next gem. And I think, you look at someone like Brighton, a lot of people are like, oh, Mitoma, we should sign Mitoma. We should have signed Mitoma before Brighton did. He's he's exactly the kind of player that is available in the type of budget that we're looking at, potentially. So he was even cheaper. So let's go and find the next Mitoma rather than um, you know, going on for that for the for the for the latest big name out the Bundesliga or whatever. I like that. I agree with all of it, Matt. I agree with all of it. And just seeing news that Apple are in for Premier League rights. That's another podcast for us. Okay, this was a quick one. Um, we are actually actually incapable of doing anything the last 20 minutes. Um, we're 33 minutes in. Uh, if you enjoyed this, let us know in the comments and we'll come back with some more. But we just thought that we'd do a few little quick hits um, heading out of this year. So this is the hottest of takes, the short one, even though it ended up being pretty long. 
Um, Matt, we will be back. Um, I don't even know when we'll be back because next time I see you, we'll be in London. Yeah, we're going to do it before the whistle uh, for our Patreon uh, subscribers um, in the next couple of days. It's going to be a good one because uh, it's a big game this weekend. Biggest game of the season this weekend. Can you believe we're saying that after the biggest game of the season two days ago? Never ends. The exact halfway point in the season. And we've got a special guest lined up for the week after to talk about where we're heading next. Um, so, Matt, on that note, have a great night. And uh, if you just listen to this podcast, brilliant. But get on the get on the iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. Uh, subscribe to the show uh, on YouTube, wherever you're picking up your podcasts. And make sure that you always got us in your ears or on your eyes. On that note, I'll say ciao for now. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.